What is up, you guys? Welcome to the Next Level You podcast. I am your host, Aubrey Thomas, and I am an intuitive mindset coach for women who know they are meant for more. This is a podcast community for women reaching new levels in love, business, health, and so much more. This is about becoming next level you greatness. So I will be featuring bold women from all walks of life who are answering the call and choosing to rise up. In this podcast, we dive deep into the realness of what it takes to get to the top. So stay tuned for tips, tricks, and inspiration for the average, not so average female badass. A place where we can reach new levels together. Hello beauties, welcome back to another episode. Thank you so much for being here, for supporting this channel, for subscribing, and to rocking out with me and these fabulous humans. I don't know about you guys and who can relate to this out there, but for as long as I can remember, I have dreaded my period. Cause me and Atflo, yeah, you know, we're not the best of friends. I'm talking like out of this world cramps, cray cray mood swings, way too much ibuprofen, lots of missed activities throughout the years. And it wasn't until recently that I started changing my relationship with my cycle and becoming more aware and more conscious around that time of the month. And to my surprise, a lot of my symptoms began to subside. Now, I still have a long ways to go, and I know how important this is as women. So today, I have brought on the menstruation queen herself, Cassandra Wilder. Let me give you guys a little sneak peek into her work. So Miss Cassandra is a naturopathic doctor, the leading expert in women's cyclical health and menstruation. She helps women end the burnout by reconnecting to their innate cycles. She's been featured as a guest expert in a variety of publications and podcasts, weaving together the research and subtle healing modalities. She is pioneering a new wave of menstrual education and wellness for all cyclical beings. You guys are not gonna wanna miss this episode. Please join us for our amazingly powerful conversation and I will see you inside. Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited you're here. We actually um, found each other. Cassandra wrote me on Instagram. She had listened to a podcast that I had been on recently and we made the connection that we went to high school together. (laughs) It's a blast from the past. Yeah. Yeah. Like every episode I'm saying that whoever's on it was like from my high school. (laughs) It just has been a reoccurring theme lately. So it's hilarious. Okay, you guys. So Cassandra does I've already mentioned in her intro, but I want her to kind of dive into, she does the coolest thing ever, in my opinion, because this is something that as women, I think we can all relate to our periods in some way or another, whether you have a difficult period or your period's, you know, barely there, or maybe, you know, you're having your regular cycles or what, whatever it may be. I know for me, I've had period difficult difficulty since I was, you know, 13 years old since it started. And it's, been a journey. And I would just love to hear from you about how you got into this and kind of your journey to this this place you are now. Thank you. Well, probably similar to you, it's been like quite a journey. Nothing was linear or like logical. It just flowed and had its own unique path. But like you, my periods were not easy in my adolescence. And I don't know if it was the culture we grew up in or 
or what, but yeah, there was no information or education about periods, about women's health. I remember feeling so confused as to what was even happening every month, and there were no solutions for such painful or irregular periods. By the time I was 18, I felt so disconnected from myself, and I was finally ready to try and get some support, so I went to a doctor to try and get on birth control. And was so surprised, you know, to sit in this room with someone for like three and a half minutes. They didn't ask me any questions about my health history, about my mental health, like nothing. There were no questions. They handed me this medication and I took it for maybe six weeks and it made me manic and extremely depressed and it did not work well. And I remember feeling so discouraged, like these people are brilliant and I've put my full trust in them and that's Mm. their only solution is to medicate it away. So that didn't sit well for me. Around that time, I was in an abusive relationship as I went uh, and did my undergrad in health and nutrition. And it just kind of felt like I was having a really early midlife crisis. And maybe you felt that too, or <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or you're like, I am not, you know, I'm not 35 or whatever. I'm like 20 and I feel like my health is declining. I don't feel good. I've attracted to some really bad relationships. I feel like I don't know who I am. What's my life purpose? Like it quickly got really existential. Mm. Um, Yeah. And I just remember feeling so lost when I did finally get out of that abusive relationship and move through the the court system and restraining orders and all that fun stuff. Some of us have to go through. It was really painful, but it was also a really pivotal uh, point in my story because for the first time it felt like I had to take ownership of my life and the, the choices I'd made. And I had to look at the patterns that had brought me to that point. So why was I always attracting the same kind of man? Why was I always playing victim in my life? Why was I always acting like things were out of my control? Mm. And that was like the greatest lesson of my life was kind of this abrupt smack across the face of like, figure it out. There's isn't something about you. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? Like we have these and I always say this, some of our, most of the time, our growth, unfortunately, comes from massive, yes. you know, upheaval and rock bottoms. And, but I think that's yeah. the beauty of it is sometimes it's, it's as human beings. And as we grow, we learn that it doesn't always have to be that way. We don't always have to hit rock bottom mm-hmm. to rise, but more times than not, it does, but it's a beautiful thing. It's like one of the worst, best things that can happen yes. to you, especially, especially when it comes to matters of the heart. So yeah. I so relate yeah. to that. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, the worst, best thing, it's such an interesting duality. Yeah, absolutely. So what was going on? Like, to take it back a little bit, you said that you went to a doctor because you felt so out of touch. Like, were you having really difficult menstruations like throughout all of your teens? Like, what, what was that disconnect like for you? Yeah, they would disappear for months at a time. So I wouldn't have a cycle for like nine months and, and I wasn't sexually active at that age. And I remember my mom being like, you haven't had a period in nine months. Are you pregnant? And I was like, no, mom, obviously no. Like, <laughs> I'm 13. Um, I know, like, duh. Um, And then when it would come, it was heavy and really painful and just, yeah, it felt like it knocked me over. And so there was no consistency. There was no predictability. And then just the Mm -hmm. moodiness and the, the, like the frustration of self that I had was really debilitating as well. So just, I felt really like disconnected, I guess is the best word to describe it. No, I, I can understand that. And there's not really, like you said, there's not really a lot of education about it. And sometimes even our own parents, it's awkward to bring it up or to talk about it. Like I 
I remember like the first day I had my, I was just like, ah, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know right. who to talk to. And, you know, you go through that like little maybe class in junior high, but I really, so awkward. It's so awkward. It's so uncomfortable. You're like, why am I sitting here with my mom talking to <laughs> the, the part of my body that no one sees? It's, right. it's awkward. And I think we, you know, it needs to become less awkward. And I think we're on that road in today's society, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know a lot of women struggle with their hormones. Mm-hmm. And even, even if they are having a normal cycle, they struggle with hormonal imbalances that they don't even realize are there. So, totally. you know, during that tough time in your relationship and having all of that happen, did you just find yourself like, were you like, holy crap, my hormones are going crazy or did you not know what it was? I didn't know yet. And it's interesting. I talk about this with a lot of my patients because in the actual season of stress, the body goes into like fight or flight, you know, so it doesn't have time to break down. And it's like years later when you're finally in a good relationship and you're finally in a safe place, the body's like, oh, it's safe for me to like show you what's actually going on. But it's frustrating because we're like, but but I'm eating better and I'm taking care of myself. Like, why is it happening now? But it's really like the residual effects from years ago. Mm, that makes so much sense. That's really interesting because I think that our bodies, like you just like we get sick after, you know, we've been on vacation or something and our body finally has a moment to rest and then it hits yeah. you like the flu hits exactly. you. So will you tell us a little bit about kind of how you found you're, you're in, naturopath you're a Mm -hmm. but you specialize in in periods right you're the menstruation queen (laughs) (laughs) i am (laughs) yeah um yeah so when i finished my undergrad in health and nutrition i i knew that i wanted to do something more specialized i wanted something more holistic i didn't love the food guide pyramid approach to Mm -hmm. health which is just unfortunately how most colleges are Mm -hmm. so i knew i wanted to do something more specialty Um, i left to travel for about a year similar to you and on that journey um felt like i found what that next step was because i didn't know should should i be a dietitian should i try and be a number of things and finally that idea of I want to be a naturopath. That's what encompasses what I believe is possible for the human body. So I came back to the States and did my doctorate. And yeah, I felt like I was coming home, sitting in these rooms of people that thought the same way as me and that the body is multi-layered and the body does have an innate ability to heal and symptoms are just messages from the body. We just have to learn how to read them rather than suppress them. I was like, my people. (laughs) Wow, that's so beautiful. Yeah. And then because of my own, you know, history with irregular cycles and then my own hormone struggles over the years that did ultimately catch up with me, it felt like it was not even a choice of what I was meant to do, but like a, like a, you have to do this because exactly if you had such a struggle through all of this and it took you years to figure it out and decipher all the really bad research on women's health and Mm -hmm. deep dive into just, yeah, so many layers of it. What if you could be the person that condenses it and simplifies it so other people can actually get help? That is a great way to put why we do what we do. Because <laughs> why, you know, I talk about this a lot on the podcast, but oftentimes we're given great challenges so that we can help other people. And you're almost you're almost smacking, you know, God, universe, whatever in the face if you don't take what you learned and help other people through it. So, like yes. you said, it's not even something that we feel. Like, it's like we're called to do it. You're being mm. asked. You're being like, 
like here is your platform like take it i've given you this crazy experience for a reason and if we don't listen to that then it's really unfortunate because we walk away from probably one of the our biggest purposes in life Mm, exactly yeah spot on spot on yeah i think our purposes find us not the other way around absolutely they choose you Mm -hmm. choose them I learned that the hard way. (laughs) (laughs) Why do we all learn that the hard way? (laughs) Like, hello, we've been screaming at you for like years and you're not listening, but I think it's all part of the path. Like it all Mm. makes sense once it comes together and you're like, oh, that was a crumb and that was a crumb or like Mm. an ingredient to the the recipe or whatever. So that's really cool. And I, I'm interested to know, did your interest in this sort of you know, alternative medicine, alternative, you know, way of doing things and healing things. Did it come from your frustration with doctors, like just throwing medication at you? Do you think it stemmed from that? Probably. Yeah, actually. A piece I didn't mention was as a kid, I had severe eczema as well. Like if you did remember me from high school, you would probably (laughs) just remember that I had these like purple hands, um, that like most of my school papers would have blood on them because my hands would just crack and bleed in the middle of school. And so of course, like kids are rude, right? So I, everyone would make fun of me for having these like dead person hands is what they'd say. Oh but like God. they really were so bad. I found my prom pictures recently and it looks like I'm wearing gloves. It's so bad. I was like, oh, like oh, you want to like hug that version of yourself. Like, I'm so sorry. And the same thing. Yeah. I went to dermatologists for years and everyone had their own steroid cream or whatever. Um, but of course, like none of that fixed it. It would kind of keep it at bay. But if I didn't take it for a few days, it came back even worse. And yeah, I remember being like 20 years old and, um, doing a little of my own research on it and cleaning up my diet a little bit. And this thing I'd suffered with for like 15 years was gone. Yep. Why did no one say that? Like, where was that? I keep having these, like, you guys, I swear I don't purposely, you know, like I do intentionally pick everyone that comes (laughs) in the podcast, but we are all so connected. It's crazy. And I feel like it's just like a broken record at this point. But the the women coming on here that have struggled with autoimmune and different kinds of health issues have said the exact same thing, including myself with all of my autoimmune and Crohn's throughout the years and everything. Like you go to doctors and you're like, Hey, X, Y, Z is happening. And they're like, no, you just, you know, need to eat some more apples. And you're like, no, like something's wrong, you know, or they just try to throw band-aids at you. And at that point you turn to naturopathic and holistic medicines and, and, and your mindset and diet. And diet really does probably fix 80, 90% of what's going on with you externally. It's, it's your internal body and mind. I, I don't doubt that your you know, relationship ordeals led to more health outbreaks. You know, mm-hmm. It's like our internal world screaming at us to so just please take care of our mind and our body. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that is sad that that's like the theme that you keep finding with everyone you're talking to is yeah. like at some point we had to become our own advocates and we had to figure it out. And realize that Mother Earth and nature is the the healer of all and that's where we find our medicine and that's how we how we heal. So I'm interested like what what does it look like for you to take care of your because you specialize in menstruation 
what does that look like? Like, what are you helping clients through? What, are, what is the most common thing that you see women come to you? Or is, is, is it everyone? Do you work with women specifically or women and men? Yeah, just women and specifically in the arena of cyclical health and uh, hormones. Right. And yeah, it's interesting. Everyone has their own unique story they come in with, whether it's they have PMS or their period pain is really intense or they don't have a period or they're not ovulating and they can't get pregnant. There's always a, an external story, but the internal story is usually really similar, which is they've never felt heard by a doctor. They've been dismissed for years by other specialists. Um, and they kind of come into naturopathic medicine as like a last resort. Like yeah. I've heard naturopaths jokingly say they're going to call their practice that like, come here yeah, when you have lost hope in everything else and I will help you. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. It's so sad. I know. And I think just in some places there's such a stigma against natural health and I, it's unfortunate, you know, it's kind of one of those things that like, as a practitioner, you just kind of smile and nod like, well, you might need me in 10 or 20 years, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of funny how we turn to them last because we're desperate, but they're oftentimes, if not always, the thing that cures us. (laughs) The thing that puts us in remission, the thing that, you know, solves all of our problems. Like people don't turn to psychology or to life coaching or to relationship coaching. They like do it last as like a last ditch Mm -hmm. effort of like, maybe I need to actually go deeper into my life. And that's the very thing that sets them free. It wasn't the therapist or it wasn't the, you know, doctor or the medication or the antidepressant or the anxiety medicine. It was always just like internal work. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is a sad irony. But like you said, maybe it's part of our healing journey. I don't know if we have to go through all the layers. But yeah, so it's in my work, largely giving women the space for the first time ever to feel heard by a practitioner, to know that they're not crazy, to know that it's not in their head, and to help them trace back their symptoms to finally feel like they have an an awareness as to why this is happening. Because the PMS is not happening because you're deficient in birth control or something. Mm -hmm. It's happening because likely of a deeper hormone imbalance, like an imbalance between what your cortisol is doing and your progesterone or whatever. And when we start to rebuild from that, then we see a cessation in the symptoms as Mm -hmm. well. And then in my opinion, healing happens through love and kindness and support. So through that warmth and that, that idea of feeling heard and seen by a practitioner like me is, is pretty instrumental as well. Do you oftentimes operate as sort of a life coach in that sense as well, if they're coming to you with these like internal issues, or maybe they're, you know, going through a hard relationship, do you kind of navigate them through that? Or do you refer them? Or how does that work? It's funny because, yeah, and I do resonate with the the life coach. I used to joke that I should have been a therapist because I think I do have like a, people just, I don't know, maybe you found this too in your life, but like, even as a kid, people used to tell me things that like, you shouldn't tell a kid, but like, they always felt safe to like talk to me and vent to me. (laughs) And that definitely has trickled into my practice too. So yeah, sometimes we'll have an hour session together and we'll talk a little bit about the physical health, but ultimately it all boils down to the shame they had around their first menstrual cycle. And where did that shame come from? It came from this thing that their mom said, and what is their relationship like with their mom now? And, Mm -hmm. and it does kind of, yeah, become like a coaching session inside of a medical container, which is interesting. Which is a beautiful mix. And I think that that's probably part of your practice that you love the most is getting down to another level with, with people and they're getting, they're getting support that they've probably never had from a conventional doctor Mm. ever before, which is like, I think, you know, 
huge. It's huge for, for people, for women. Um, just for those listening who maybe don't, you know, haven't even realized or explored the fact that, you know, they may be struggling with some of these things. What can they look for? What are some tall tale signs of hormonal imbalance and, you know, poor relationship with your cycle? Jeez, there's so many. <laughs> I'll try to condense them. He's the top five. <laughs> uh, oh gosh. Well, if any of your period symptoms detract from your quality of life, that's definitely a sign of an imbalance. So they shouldn't be so long that you know you're bleeding eight days. They shouldn't be so heavy that you're changing your menstrual cup every hour. They shouldn't leave you in bed for one or two days because of the pain. Mm-hmm. But we've normalized these things in our culture, like oh that's fine, just like take a mydol and all will be fine. Yeah. But again, now we're, we're neglecting to look deeper, which is why is it that hard in the first place? Um, so if it's, yeah, long, heavy, painful, taking away from your quality of life, um, if your PMS is so bad that for half the month you're considering getting a divorce, you know, because yeah. you feel like you're on different, different <laughs> planets, that's not normal. If you feel like your energy expenditure does not meet or, or excuse me, match your, how you feel and how you look, that's big too. So if you feel like you can't put on weight or the opposite, you feel like no matter what you do, you just feel bloated and puffy and, mm. you know, just have that, they kind of call it the spare tire. That's a thing as well. And then the exhaustion piece as well is really big, which is what I hear a lot of, which is, um, yeah, I'm exhausted. I go to bed and I'm tired, but then I can't fall asleep. And then I sleep till 9am and then mm. I can't get out of bed. And I drink like eight cups of coffee a day. And all of this is bred into kind of that the idea of the hustle culture, yeah. which is like push through, you'll be fine, drink the coffee and um, deal with it. And this, exactly. And then women stay stuck in this cycle perpetually. This is like, I, if I had arrows right now, if everyone could see me, I'm like, <laughs> this is me. Like, oh, no. I know, I know. No, it's, it's been like this my entire life. And now I'm just like realizing like, oh, maybe there's like, you know, it's gotten better definitely through the years. But when I was really, you know, young and wow, my period, man, like that thing gives me hell, you know, really? like hell. And so it's, it's something that, you know, we'll talk about a different day. I'll hit you up <laughs> and we can, we can go there. But, um, I, First and foremost, and this may be like a controversial topic, but a lot of people say, or doctors will say, you regulate your hormones and you regulate these symptoms with birth control. And I personally had a terrible experience with birth control. I don't know Mm -hmm. about you, but I was on, you know, I tried it all, the pill, the patch, the the depo shot. Um, Mm -hmm. I couldn't have an IUD because my cramps were so horrific and I had migraines that they were like, you can't have IUDs. And so I just finally at, um, about eight years ago, I was, uh, like 20, yeah, 20 years old. And I just, I went off of it. I went off of birth control completely and people think I'm insane for not being on it. And that I have this app on my phone that, (laughs) you know, I I calculate with, but like for me that works and I've never felt better. Like I was psycho, you guys, like I was like, no wonder my like 18 year old boyfriend was like, bye. You know, (laughs) I was crazy. I was mad. I was fat. I was not bad. I was broken out. So what's your take on regulating our hormones with birth control? So interesting. Yeah. Then I'll try to keep it condensed here, but there's a lot to say, but that's the biggest lie we've ever been told is that birth control will fix or regulate 
your hormones and your period. It will never fix a period problem. It just suppresses the symptoms. Mm. And the best way to know that is when you get off, usually people have kind of a rough adjustment period because the acne comes back and the bloating comes back and the pain comes back. Like that's the, that's the only proof you need to yeah. see that it never fixed what the problem was. It's just numbing it and hiding it so you don't have to think about it. But what happens when this person is in their you know, late 20s, early 30s, whatever, and now they want to get pregnant mm-hmm. or now they you know, don't want to be on it anymore, um, they no longer have that vitality that may have been there before they got on that birth control. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is now we have to do a significant amount of rebuilding to get them back to that place where they're ovulating consistently, Mm -hmm. where their cervical mucus is normal, where fertility is normal. And it's so sad, but when women go in, and you and I can attest to this, we weren't informed about the potential side effects of birth control. No one said- It was just take it. It's normal to take it. Everyone will fix it. it. They didn't say, hey, Aubrey, by the way, this will increase your risk of ovarian and breast cancer. By the way, this could cause heart attack or stroke. By the way, this may diminish your ability to ovulate later in life. Or get pregnant. Exactly. They didn't say that. And so birth control, like, you know, I believe everyone has the power to make their choice. So if someone listening to this thinks it's the best thing ever, then that's great. If that works for you, you have that power of choice. Mm -hmm. But what I don't think is okay is the lack of consent most of us made when we got on birth control. We deserve to know the pros and the cons and then make that empowered decision there. But when we don't get that and we're on it for 10, 15 years, you get angry. (laughs) Well, and that's the society we're in, right? Like what 12, 13 year old has the proper decision-making capability, you know, one, we weren't ever told Two, we're so young that we're just like, okay, like whatever, right. whatever you say, doctor, because you're the person that has the authority and knows best. And then, you know, I don't even blame the doctors. It's like the schooling that you go through. Exactly. It's just like a, it's a vicious cycle. Our parents don't know any better either. And so it, there's no one to really blame. It's just like, mm-hmm. there's not proper education being provided for anybody out there. Exactly. And that's where exactly. people like you come in. <laughs> yes. But, and even like, I think all of us, our generation right now, you know, the, this, the, the children that will be born in the coming years are going to be so lucky because yeah. I think they will grow up in a world where it's so much more normalized and where they do feel like they have choice rather than all of us being like, I don't know what's happening and no one will tell me and I'm scared. <laughs> I, I I agree with you. I think that we're onwards and upwards and we're making a lot of big progress and there's more of that coming to fruition, ex- especially in 2020. I mean, COVID really like kind of brought everyone back down to ground level and was mm-hmm. like, hey, maybe grow your own food from home. Hey, maybe turn to, you know, mm-hmm. different alternate options for this and that. And I think it yeah. kind of cleansed a lot of the crap that was going on and put light, shed light on a lot of things that needed to be, mm-hmm. you know, lit up. So especially in all kinds of healing, mentorship, guidance, emotional well-being, you know, mental well-being, physical, like it all just really came to the surface. So I do agree with you. Our kids will be hopefully, fingers crossed. I know. <laughs> have, yeah. Different road. Yes. <laughs> a different yes. road. Um, so what is somebody who's listening to this that maybe feels like they have some of those symptoms that's considering possibly getting off of birth control or 
or maybe not, and just wants to not bandage their symptoms, but actually start to heal them, what are a few things they can start doing today? Mm-hmm. Great question. The first thing they can start to do is start to track what their symptoms are actually telling them, because whether they work with a naturopath or an MD or whatever, that's going to be our first question is how long are your cycles? How many days your period? What are your symptoms that encompass that? So like you said, you become a weirdo and you get a cool app on your phone (laughs) where you track all this stuff and you're so fascinated by it. Um, And that way you can start to see what your norm even is. So maybe it's like, oh, I never realized it's day 25 through 30 that my PMS is horrendous. Or I never really realized that day three of my period is actually the most painful. And while those things may not seem significant to you, to a practitioner, we're like, ah, well, this makes perfect sense because of this, this, and this. We start Mm -hmm. to to trace or I guess connect the dots Mm -hmm. in all the things that you share. So start tracking your cycle. Um, and then even shift the uh, the lens of like, my body's falling apart and this is such yeah. an inconvenience and being a woman is so hard and start to look at these symptoms as just messages. Mm-hmm. That's the only way your body has to talk to you is through symptoms. So rather than getting upset about these symptoms that certainly are unpleasant, what if you asked something far more empowering, which is just, what are you trying to tell me? Wow. What is the message here? Is there something I need to look at that's deeper within? Because your body's not here to make your life a living hell. It's not here to hurt you. Mm-hmm. It's just trying to talk to you. And we got to come back to that, that loving approach. I sometimes say, think of like if you had a 12-year-old niece that came to you and was like, my, pe- my periods are so painful. We wouldn't be like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, or like suck it up. We'd be like, oh my gosh, are you okay? What could I do for you? So mm-hmm. why not extend that to ourselves? I love that. I love, mm-hmm. love, love your answer to that. And um, I noticed because I, you know, stalked you. Um, (laughs) I noticed that you also had led retreats and circles and ceremonies. And I did that and do that as well. And, um, you know, women are cyclical beings and the, the, uh, the honor it is to have a period and to be able to, although like for myself, it was hell to start to, you know, to talk to yourself differently, to honor your body, to like be so grateful when that comes through and and just even that mindset shift alone of looking at it, like you said, switching the lens of how you treat your period. It's not here to hurt and harm you, but you know, how can we honor each other during our menstrual cycles? How can we normalize it? How can we start to make it a, you know, even even the comments men make, oh, are you on your period? You know, it's like on the rag. Yes, I am. And like, <laughs> and it's beautiful. And we should like honor this time. And it's women used to leave in ancient times. You know, that's the whole, I don't know if you've heard, you have, I'm sure the red tent mm-hmm. retreats, you know, mm-hmm. and the red tent society and like women would leave their villages during the time of their menstruation because they would all be menstruating together and they would go honor their bodies and be with themselves and ritualize Mm -hmm. and do all the things that they needed to do. And we've just like slowly lost that over time, but it's, that's why we hold these circles, right? For exactly for women. Exactly. Yeah. I love that you shared about the red tent. And this reminds me of, it was a sign I saw once in Guatemala at a little red tent that they'd created for this festival. And it said, the world will be healed when women remember the power of their blood. Mm. And it was just so like, I remember my whole body tingling seeing that because yes, that's when we remember the sacredness 
of this experience, when we remember the power of the feminine, when we remember the wisdom in gathering amongst each other as sisters, Mm -hmm. it would be a totally different world. Oh, absolutely. I agree. And and it it gives you your power. I mean, the fact that you're able to carry children, like women are so strong and so powerful and the feminine balance, which so many of us actually lose in, in the world because we're so focused on trying to keep up with the masculine and like, mm-hmm. oh, you're in pain, take 17 Advil, push it aside, toughen up, like get through the work day. No, I need to go home. I need, you know, I need to like give myself a second or, or let me have my tea or whatever you need. But like yes. honoring the feminine part of yourself, which is the biggest part of yourself, which is your body and the, the beautiful way that you're able to go through the cycle is the very essence of what balances you, you know, having the masculine and the feminine be balanced. And maybe the first step is that is to honor your, your cycle. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And some people listening to this might be like, Oh, this is so good. And other people might be like, what? What is this? (laughs) crap? I know, but it, it really is so true. And even if it sounds unconventional with some of my clients, one of the biggest things we're doing is just changing their mindset around what their cycle even means to go from hating it to being like, this is actually pretty epic. I don't think that it's calling conventional medicine wrong and holistic medicine right, but I do think that there's like a time and a place for both. And um, the, the collaboration of them is really beautiful. And just to maybe open your mind a little bit to the fact that there may be other ways of going about, you know, your medical needs and your body's needs and that holistic medicine not be so woo-woo anymore and not be like so off the grid and so weird and people yeah. are just so scared of of it. It's not witchy. It's not weird. It's just basic. It's basic human needs. It's really, really basic. You know, exactly. it's like just taking it back. So I'm so glad that that we're having this conversation and like this is what my podcast is. We're just gonna go <laughs> we're gonna go there. So <laughs> it's, it's really fine. I'm interested and I'm sure people are too like how what do you have? Like how do you, you know, offer things to your clients? What do you currently have to offer people if they were wanting to work with you or find um someone like you to work with and to start their journey and shifting their relationship with their hormones? Could you just share with us? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, I really believe there's a practitioner out there for everyone. So you have to find who resonates with you, who speaks the language that resonates with you. Obviously, my clients come to me because they like my calm, kind, grounded approach to their cycles where there's never any judgment and it's, it's just a very safe place. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's many great naturopaths and integrative doctors and DOs and all that that can do that. Um, with my clients, I work with them in six month containers. So we really rebalance from the hormones up. Um, and that's all on my website, which is CassandraWilder.com. Um, and then I also have a five week guided course that teaches women everything i joke everything your mama didn't teach you about your body (laughs) so the exact like how the hormones work and what it means if estrogen is high and how do we actually pull that down and what does it mean if you're not ovulating and how can you naturally track your cycles so you don't have to be on birth control and like all the cool things that yeah i could talk about for hours um and that's called period reboot so that's my baby amazing period reboot is the five Five weeks. Five weeks. Mm-hmm. Guys, I'm going to 
go do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so interested in learning about this and, and furthering my knowledge in this. So that's super awesome. Also, I, I will put it in the show notes, but where can listeners find you, connect with you, stalk you? Because your page is amazing and packed full of tons of free value, you guys, like tips and tricks and everything hormonal and yoga. And she has an amazing podcast and like Aww. you're, you're a rock star. So where can we find Thank you? you? Thank you. I'm on Instagram at menstruation queen. And then I have the cyclical podcast. So yeah, basically I just talk about periods all day <laughs> and people tune in. It's cool. <laughs> That's so awesome. I love that. And you've specified so much, you know, like I, I listened actually to one of your podcasts and you said I was wanting to help people with everything and I was going so broad and I had to get real, real with myself and realize that like what I actually was passionate about was helping people with their menstruation. And no matter how weird it may be or how much I don't think people will listen or don't think that I'll have customers from that. I mean, your client list just expanded exponentially, right? Yes, exactly. And that's applicable in any business, right? We try to serve everyone and therefore then you serve no one. So specialized. I love yeah. that. I love that. You guys check Cassandra out, go to her Instagram, stalk her, listen to her podcast. She's really amazing. And if you relate to this episode at all, please leave a comment and don't forget to subscribe. I have loved having you on today's podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It's been so fun. So much fun. All right, you guys have a great rest of your week and I will see you next time. Bye, Cassandra. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Next Level You. If you like what you hear, please let me know in a review and don't forget to click that subscribe button to follow along. You can find me on Instagram at aubrey.thomas. I cannot wait to share what's coming next, so stay tuned. And as always, keep rising, ladies.